Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Why Not Both. My name is Pam Schaefer, and I'm a musician, therapist, and tutor living in Los Angeles. I started this podcast to explore how our multiple passions inform our identity. We're often told that we're supposed to have one passion in life and that we're supposed to define ourselves by this one passion. However, most of us actually have multiple interests and have worked at a lot of different jobs, and I was really curious how this actually changed people's ideas of their own identity in the world. I decided to interview people from many different fields to determine how their multiple passions inform their identity. You can learn more about all of the people that I have interviewed on my website, which is wnbpodcast.com. So today on Why Not Both, we are joined by Kristen Dewan. Hi, thanks for having me. My name is Kristen Dewan, and I am a hypnotherapist and a Reiki master, and I own and run and work my magic at the Healing Woods. So the first question that I ask everybody is, what do you do? And I also ask, is there a better question that could be asked of you as opposed to what do you do? Okay. Um, <laughs> I do so many things. Um, focused on work, I do hypnotherapy. I do um, Reiki. I'm also a teacher. I, I empower people with the energy of the universe. Um, but really what I do within my work is I help people's uh, inner children deal with the shadow. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much I'm I'm focused mainly on the subconscious mind on in both areas, you know, hypnotherapy for sure, but even within the Reiki, I'm I'm the healer that you go to not when you want to just like, oh, I wonder what Reiki feels like. You're, I'm the one that you go to when you really want to get to the root of the issue and rip it out. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. So you take you take people to the dark truthy place. I do. Yeah, it's not all love and light with me. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. And it's good to have a guide in the dark truthy place. For sure. Yeah, I definitely call, you know, a lot of people call themselves light workers in the Reiki scene. I'm actually a shadow worker. Mm. Well, and it's good because you need both light and shadow. If you just have one or the other, you're, you're, yeah, I was like, that doesn't work. You can't have a shadow without light. There's probably a really, really lovely way to phrase that, that I'm just not phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine I said something eloquent and poetic. Uh, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so how would you explain to people what hypnotherapy is if they've never experienced hypnotherapy? So <clears throat> hypnotherapy is literally taking control of your whole entire brain. We have 88% of our brain that is the subconscious mind. And, you know, a lot of people think, oh, there's nothing I can do about that. I can't access it. I'm, you know, it's it's the anchor that, that <laughs> makes me sink into the ocean. And that is 100% not true. Um, I love to help people take, you know, what they're consciously focused on with the 12% of their mind, which is the conscious mind. I love taking them on a journey that allows us to change what's happening within the subconscious mind to actually be aligned with what they consciously desire in life. So they actually get to use 100% of their brain power focused on their goals. Got it. So it sounds like by delving into the parts of our mind that we, I guess, usually think are either fixed or inaccessible, 
Uh-huh. Then we can affect change in the conscious. Am I understanding that correctly? Or definitely. Okay, gotcha. And then also for people who might be unfamiliar, how would you describe what you do during Reiki healing? So Reiki is universal light energy, and so it's not me taking somebody's energy into me, and it's not me giving my energy to them. It's universal light energy coming through me into the client. And it helps on the physical level, it helps on the metaphysical level, and it also helps on the emotional level as well. So on all three levels, it's helping to clear out, cut cords. Also, it's good for manifesting and bringing in exactly what you want into your life. So it's basically like, I call it a massage from, uh, of the soul. Because a lot of people come out feeling like drunk afterwards, like they do after a massage, and they feel just like really loose and limp. And it's because they have actually had an energetic cleansing, and they have released a lot that keeps them tense. Wow. Is there like, this is a really random question. I was like, is there like aftercare for sessions like that? Because if you are releasing that much, like, is there like, what do people typically do after a session like that to take care of themselves? Yeah, you know, and I normally tell people don't go get Reiki and then go do all the things. <laughs> like, <laughs> come get Reiki and then have a nice, you know, evening by yourself. Don't go to like a huge concert at the Staples Center, you know. Make sure that you have some time to just kind of relax and maybe even take a nap afterwards to just let everything. Um, kind of work its magic, you know, that the energy is not only within you while you're with me, I'm, you know, instilling you with this energy, which is going to process and take its time doing so. So for the next day or two, it's usually a good thing to drink lots of water, rest up, go into nature if you can. But yeah, take a break from life if you can, for sure. (laughs) I was gonna say, it sounds like both kind of lend themselves to like, incremental change, I guess. Like, it's not like you'd come out of like a hypnotherapy or Reiki session and be like, oh, immediately everything's different. But it seems like over time, those things would then start changing. Well, actually about 95% of my clientele come out feeling completely different afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> how, do, how do they integrate that like into their lives? I think that's more of what I was thinking was like, if something changes like that, how do they implement it? Like, do you have guidelines for how to implement that into people's like everyday lives or? Well, I mean, you know, obviously if they're working on something that's long standing, like for decades, they're not going to be completely different, but what they will feel is lighter, like a hundred percent lighter walking out than they did walking in. Got it. So they don't really need to implement that necessarily. They're usually rejoicing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're usually just like, wow, I feel so much lighter. I feel like you know, whatever it was that I was worried about before, I, I don't feel that fear or that dread or whatever, you know, the, the thing was that they were feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that, you know, that can sort of fade after the Reiki is done with you, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> yes. it's not like, you know, when you go to the doctor, they usually don't give you one pill and you're completely cured. They give you a course of treatment. And so the Reiki is, you know, it works just like any, um, holistic approach it's it's like an onion and we're, we're peeling off the skin and then we're peeling off the first layer and then we get deeper and deeper as we go so the more reiki you get the stronger the effect 
And the more often you get Reiki, the longer the effect stays until it actually, you know, takes out the root. And then, yeah, I have had people be quote unquote healed from things or not need surgeries that they thought they were going to need or, you know, not need to take their medications that they've been on, you know, psych meds and things like that. I will say I am not ever the type of person to say, oh, don't take your meds or don't go to the doctor. Like Reiki needs to be, um, it works hand in hand with Western medicine. I always say East and West uh, is best. You know, it's like using both of these in order to bring you to where you want in life. You know, just imagine like a handshake, like meeting in the middle, being like, yeah, we're working together. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh, that's interesting because I was thinking about when you were talking, it sounds like these two fields really dovetail. Like, is that accurate? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, for 20 years, I've done Reiki and I've worked with the subconscious mind within Reiki because there are ways in which to get through there. And but I almost felt like I was looking through a window, like I, I could get into the subconscious mind enough to kind of see what's there and, and guide my client. But the door was always locked. And so I, I always knew that I wanted to like get in there and just like do some good work, you know? And so learning hypnosis that like blew open the door. It was so beautiful. Uh, and then you're like, Oh my gosh, I get access. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Well, and the client gets access because it's not all about me just going in and doing what I think is right for the client. The client is 100%, um, open to you know their words and their terms and and their phrases you know i could i could sit there and talk to them blue in the face about what i think is right for the client but their subconscious mind is not going to accept that unless it's like something they actually sort of believe right, right. <laughs> <A lot> of, <laughs> there can be some doubt and that's human but they have to at least like accept it you know so that's why people who think like oh hypnotherapy is mind control or they watch the movie get out right <laughs> oh gosh yeah you know, like that is so not hypnotherapy in the least and i actually hate when when movies um you know show it in that light because that is not true that is not even that doesn't even work <laughs> you well, know that, yeah i find it similarly like as as a psychotherapist like i consider my clients to be the experts on themselves yeah. so similarly you know i'm there to facilitate with whatever tools i can give them and whatever insight i can provide but ultimately it's like they're guiding me cuz they're the only expert on their own experience they, have, they all have their answers within. We just kind of help them shine the light, you know? Exactly. I feel similarly when I see, like, misportrayals of therapists yeah. in shows where I'm just like, oh, wow, this would dissuade any any person from seeking <laughs> seeking counseling. They'd be like, maybe I'll try literally anything else. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're like, no, 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 it's not like that. Um <laughs> I was curious also that, you know, I, I have a, I'm like, I have insider knowledge, but you're also creative. Like, yes. how does that integrate into how you define yourself? Like, what are the creative fields that you're in? Well, I've got a couple. So I wrote a book. Um, so I'm an author and um, I wrote about, it's called Baptism by Flame, 10 Steps to Ignite Your Light Within. And it's a story of a story it sounds like it's not a bedtime story at all <laughs> yeah you're like don't don't read this before falling asleep <laughs> <I know. laughs> 
but it's about dying and coming back to life from a fire, which is something that I did in 1998. And that was the beginning of my journey learning Reiki and, and becoming the Phoenix that I am today. Um, and it's, so it's got, you know, the story aspect, but it also is a workbook for the reader. There's an online aspect to the book and you log in and there's a workbook to do so you can go on your own journey with fire as well, because fire is such a healing element. It destroys, it definitely destroyed my house and destroyed my skin. I had third degree burns over 30% of my body and I was in a burn ward for a month and it completely purified me, you know, take, took away all of the depression I was feeling, took away the need for the drugs I was doing and really, um, you know, burnt me alive into, um, feeling alive and feeling amazing in life. So that's one aspect of my creativity. The other is singing. So um, I've been in a band for most of my adult life and I've been singing through childhood too. I started singing in choirs when I was in third grade. And um, it, it has always been this beautiful release. I almost feel like when I'm on stage and I'm singing the words that I write, I'm ripping my soul and my heart open and just like bleeding upon the audience through my, through my voice. And, um, and it feels pretty awesome. I know that's not a, a lovely. <laughs> <laughs> well, it feels like you're ultimately like being seen and that's really powerful to be like, this is my viscera. <laughs> like... Being seen, heard and felt like, I feel yeah. like those three, you know, um, so, so yeah, I was in a band for like 12 years uh, and that really got me through my 20s and part of my 30s. And then I needed to build my business, the Healing Woods. So I had to step back from the band because it was really a full-time job to, yeah. you know, I was not just the lead singer. I was also the manager and the uh, booker and promoter and <laughs> you name it. So, um, yes. so yeah. I think people underestimate that about, musicians that they they think that we just sit about like you yeah. know making songs and I'm like <laughs> yeah right <laughs> I'm like that's like 10% of what we do <laughs> exactly but this year um so I, I didn't I wasn't in music for probably like seven years um wow and I really missed it and so I put it out to the universe last year I said I really want to find the right people to make music with again. And I wanted it to be women because my last band, The Darklings, we were mostly women. We always just had like one random guy. <laughs> <laughs> the chosen one, you just adopted him. Um, and so this year I have Ravenwood, which is my, oh. new, uh, my new band and it's all women so far. We're still looking for a drummer. We're open to a man if he's cool with being in a mostly girl band, but um, but I'm really like, <clears throat> excuse me, my soul is just so happy to be like singing and um, singing the words that I write again and just being in that beautiful divine flow of music. Yeah. Well, and like you said, when you were growing your business that you have now, the Healing Woods, I was curious about like how to divvy up your time and effort because that then does precipitate into either A, you have a band, B, you have a business, or C, you have both. But it seems really tricky to balance all of those. When I first started The Darklings, which was the old band, um, 
I had a full-time job in the ad industry, the advertising industry. Oh my God. I was building the Healing Woods and I was building the band and, and doing all of it, you know? Right. I actually had three full-time jobs during that time. And there would be days where I would literally get four hours of sleep because I would wake up at six in the morning to get to work on time. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I was out playing a show or networking or passing out flyers back in the day. This was before, you know. <laughs> right, right when we went to Kinko's and we got flyers. And... Oh, yeah. And yep. you'd stand outside at 2 a.m. And as people walked out, you would hand them flyers. Now we've got Facebook and all that shit, you know. Yep. I was like, back in ye old times. Yeah, this was like 2000. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, it was it was quite an ordeal going to bed at 2 a.m. and then waking up, you know, ready to go be a corporate manager. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're just like, don't mind me. Everything is clearly fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, then you would definitely, I can understand. I'm like, are you a coffee person? Are you a tea person? I'm like, how did you make it through that? You know, truthfully, it's so funny. I don't drink caffeine. I never have. Um, I use it more as like an upper, like a a, a drug if I need to like clean my garage or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) It's like my liquid speed, you know? (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah, I've never, I've never had it every day or anything like that. I guess I'm lucky. <laughs> my ADD brain loves it. Like, it seriously, it, like, calms and centers me in such a pleasant way that I'm just, like, that's why I like my morning cup of coffee is, like, it's not even necessarily to, like, wake up because, yeah. like, it doesn't make me necessarily feel more alert, but it helps my focus so much that I'm just, like, yep, I love you, coffee, and, and I hope you love me back. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I definitely feel that if I wasn't doing Reiki, because Reiki really does give me a lot of energy. Like if it was like any other type of healing work I was trying to build a business around, I probably would be super tired during that time. Mm. But when you do Reiki, the Reiki is going through you and giving you energy and giving you a healing, you know, while you're working on your client. In fact, I used to be a doula at one point and I would be standing guard over women as they were in labor for like 21 hours sometimes. Oh my God. I was doing Reiki the whole time and some massage and other modalities, but mainly it was Reiki. And so after doing Reiki for 21 hours, you know, and being up with this woman as she's pushing out a, a baby, people were like, how are you still awake? How do you still have energy? And it was literally because the, the Reiki was keeping me going, you know? Wow. Oh. Well, and that's really inspiring, too, to really, like, hold that space for someone while receiving that energy. I'm like, thanks. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. What drew you to that? Like, you had said that you were also working in corporate advertising, and I was like, I know that you had mentioned with your book that it changed and that the fire changed, really, the course of your life, but were you drawn to energy work prior to that? Yeah, when I was a child, I loved, you know, just even finding rocks in the dirt it didn't even have to be you know I just loved the earth I loved playing with frogs out in my parents backyard I would climb trees I was a total tomboy I never played with dolls you know I would play with 
little woodland animals. And <laughs> <laughs> I would, I wrote about in my book that I would make soup for the fairies and like just pick flowers and grass and twigs and put them together in water and leave it out for the fairies. So I always have been really drawn to nature and to energy. And even before I knew what Reiki was, I would, you know, I, I did tarot readings and that's how I would, I started doing tarot when I was like probably 12 or 13 and I would connect with people energetically through the cards. And um, I'm glad that I found Reiki though, because what started to happen was people would come to me, you know, feeling hurt or upset or, you know, sad. And I would do a reading with them or, you know, start to work with crystals and doing my own type of energy work. And then they would leave feeling amazing. And then I started feeling hurt and upset. You know, it was a little. Oh, yeah. Right. And so um, through the Reiki, I was able to still, you know, still feel what they're feeling, but not take it in, you know, because I am empath. I I feel like most healers are empaths of of some sort. And it's okay to be an empath. You just have to know how to how to guard yourself you know and reiki is like the number one guard because it keeps their energy out of you yet lets you empathically feel where they're at so you know how to help them right and it sounds like kind of upholding like a healthy boundary with that so that you're not taking in yeah got it how did you navigate the corporate world with all that reiki (laughs) (laughs) i was like how did you end up in that world Oh man. Yeah. I, I didn't even have a TV. I hate TV, but, um, I, I'm a good salesperson. I'm, I'm very myself and have a good attitude and I'm smart and I was very grounded, you know? And so I just climbed up. I didn't even try people. I, I, I actually made a few, um, uh, of my own like titles <laughs> that weren't That's even fantastic. There, you know? <laughs> But um, my office, I, I, at one point, I was the regional sales manager of blah, blah, blah at, um, <laughs> at yep. this uh, rep firm. And so I had a, a nice big office with a door. And um, I had pictures of the Redwoods up everywhere. I had crystals in my office. I had a, a fountain and all these things. And I would do Reiki on myself in between, like, because it, it was still, even though, you know, my office was a nice little sacred space. It was still super, I mean, people, people were like crying, losing their shit all around me. There's like million dollar deals happening all over the place and money gained and money lost. Like it was a lot of stress and, um, people would come in and just kind of hang out in my office. They're like, you know what? I just need to go to the spa for a minute. Don't mind me. Well, it sounded like you did your very best to bring like the woodland sanctuary into your office. I did. And actually what started happening was it got out that I did tarot readings, you know? Uh-oh. Yeah. And so people started taking me to lunch and that's actually how I started building my list. My client list was people would take me to lunch and like I do a, a tarot reading for them, you know? And mm-hmm. then I started doing longer ones and charging and then through the band also, you know, fans of the band would come and, um, in between sets, I'd be doing tarot readings out there. And so I just started learning how to talk to people and, 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 you know, uh, connect with them, like on a very spiritual level, soul deep level, even in the middle of a goth club, you know? I mean, that seems appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. For sure. And, you know, 
to this day, that was like, what, 20 years ago or 15 years ago, to this day, I still have clients that knew me as Demonica Darkly back in the day when I was in the band, and they're still my clients coming, you know, monthly. So it's pretty, pretty beautiful when you really connect with, with people at that level. I was going to say, and now I'm wondering, I'm like, how did I not encounter you when I was uh, sneaking <laughs> into goth clubs when I was probably too young to be at goth clubs? <laughs> 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 I was just like I, I likely was in the same space as you 20 years ago yeah. but we didn't know it <laughs> <laughs> we make these awesome soul connections with people but we also live under capitalism so it's like we have to figure out a way to make money in our society and I was curious how that drive to make money has informed your decisions about how to spend your time and efforts Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Well, you know, for the longest time, I did what I did on the side of a job that paid me very well. So for, you know, for a while, it was like just kind of like extra income on the side, or I would do it for free. And I wasn't really looking at it as a business, you know. Um, and then what happened was, you know, it was 10 years into it and I was starting to really dislike, like I said, I didn't even own a TV yet. I was dealing with commercial airtime for television and having to be in this like corporate world that I am so not corporate. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, then my soul was whispering to me, like, come on, you, you can do so much more, you know, you can do so much better work in this world outside of this desk. You know, it's time to, it's time to see what you can do within the healing woods. So it wasn't until like probably 10, 10 years into it that I, um, you know, decided to even get a website and get myself on Yelp. And so then opening myself up to people who weren't friends, you know, like, like total strangers on Yelp and things like that and friends of friends and that kind of thing. It became a lot easier. Yeah. Cause I wouldn't build a business on friends that would feel kind of weird, you know? Right. Right. But, you know, really getting in touch with, um, you know, I, I'm a business coach for healers and mystics as well. And one of the big things with healers is I have to, it's a gift and I have to share it for free. And we're, we're in a time and a space. And the one thing that I have them think about when they, when they come to me as their coach with that is I say, I want you to think about your doctor and your dentist and how they're helping you, you know. Um, you come in with, with an ailment or a pain and then they help you and, and you leave. Do you think that they're, you know, staying up at night, tossing and turning, thinking, should I charge? Should I get money for what I do? Should I do it for a gift? And, you know, it absolutely is a gift and you should receive payment for it because as healers, we are helping people on such a deep level. You know, we're allowing them to sleep at night. We're, we're helping them with, with pains, physical pains. We're helping them with, you know, emotional shit that's been churning inside of them for sometimes decades. Yeah. And, you know, if they leave you and they feel lighter and they feel happier and they have a smile on their face, that is definitely worth something, you know? Yeah. So, so, yeah, I started looking at not what I do as a spiritual thing um, and more as the new medicine that the world is is embracing. And, you know, 20 years ago when I was doing this, people didn't know what the hell Reiki was. But now, you know, Oprah's talked about it. Dr. Oz's wife is a freaking Reiki master. It's on TV. It's in the movies, you know. So it's it's now becoming, you know, <clears throat> energy medicine is one of the, the new up-and-coming 
modalities, you know, that's, that's getting it, it's due, you know. Well, and I like what you said that you're like, if you're providing something to someone, it seems like in that way, that money is just a medium of, in a way, like energy exchange, where yeah. you're, you're putting your energy and talents out there. And the way that someone can then compensate you is through money. Because instead of like trying to barter back and forth, it's like, okay, I'm giving you this, which though I enjoy it, and it's my gift, I'm giving this to you. So you are giving me something back in return. It's like a reciprocal relationship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like that makes a lot of sense. Um, and that's interesting about like that energy, when you said that like energy medicine is up and coming, it kind of made me think about how there are so many things that we can perceive, but there are also things that we're learning that we can't actually generally perceive using the five senses. Mm -hmm. um, and I was curious like what, you, what you've studied about that. I've only like done rudimentary, like, you know, weird Googles. But <laughs> more like scholarly articles about like extrasensory perception. Like, does that come up in Reiki healing and whatnot? Oh, of course. You know, with the third eye and just using your intuition, it's like a muscle. And the more you use it, the stronger it gets. And so, you know, with me doing Reiki for 20 years and about 10 of those being like, you know, full time, um, it's gotten pretty strong, you know, and doing readings for, you know, God, 30 years. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I've been going to the gym for 30 years with my, with my third eye. So yeah, definitely throughout the years, it's gotten stronger and stronger. Um, I did want to go back. I don't know if this is what you were asking too, but you know, with energy medicine and, you know, kind of it coming in as more of a real modality, there is, I actually just took this course, which I'm always learning, even though I've been a Reiki master for 20 years, I am always taking different um, courses on Reiki and learning different aspects of it. And I just did a course called Reiki Science. Mm -hmm. And I am just, I, I am so happy. You know, I always believed in Reiki and I knew that it was real because of the effect I felt on myself and that I see on my clients every day. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm really excited to hear that it was taken into a scientific experiment. And there was a Reiki master named Thorsten and Thorsten Lang, I think his name is, and he's in Sweden. And so he took it upon himself to like rent out, however you do, renting out like a scientific experiment lab, you know, with scientists and all these different machines. And they took water. They took just regular tap water from Sweden and they took, you know, pictures of the crystals inside the, the tap water and showed, you know, what the base was of what this water looks like. Mm -hmm. And then they did half an hour of Reiki, one hour of Reiki. They did distance Reiki where he wasn't even touching the, the glass itself. Mm -hmm. And they did the different symbols of Reiki. There's like four different symbols within Reiki. And every single time that they did Reiki on the water, they did like hundreds of different tests the crystals always changed. And so oh. what is, yeah, and they show pictures of it. It, it, it they, you know, first the crystals are kind of random, just like, oh, tap water, random yeah. stuff, right? By the time an hour of Reiki was done, and done on it, there's these like star patterns and like, they look like flowers. I mean, it was just so beautiful. And so if Reiki energy is scientifically being shown to have this effect on water, 
of course it's going to help us as humans because we're like over 80% water. Yeah, right? I was like, we're pretty aqueous as things go. <laughs> um. so, yeah, I just see there's a huge shift. There's a huge shift in people. Uh, you know, I'm getting more and more people, you know, feeling that shift. And, you know, some are scared of it and they, they need some healing around it. And then there's some that are super excited about it and want to learn more and more about what they can do and those are my my favorite clients to work with because they're the ones that want to learn reiki they're the ones that want to be empowered to be part of the healing army that's that's actually being created you know throughout these new um energies around so yeah it's all exciting <laughs> i was gonna say it's also it's really interesting when we look to like the scientific community which often relies on the traditional five senses to see what we can validate from things that appear to be extrasensory like, I remember being so excited reading the studies about mirror neurons, uh, because I had tried to explain empathy to someone who said that they don't feel very empathic towards others. Mm -hmm. um, and I was attempting to explain it, <laughs> like what it felt like to me when I feel other people's feelings. Mm -hmm. And then when this study came out, I was like, this they actually found that our brains do this. <laughs> like our, our brains have these in, and like I was like explaining mirror neurons that like our brains have little triggers in them that when we see other people expressing emotions, our brain triggers the mirrored emotion within our own brains. Yeah. And so it's like, we actually have that built in. And so I'm really excited about more research on like, well, how do we cultivate that? And then how does it come out in our behavior? Cause like everyone has them, but I guess in some people they're much more active than in others. Uh, but that they looked for actually like, oh, what are the electrical channels in your brain that might connect to the neurons that might, and like, I'm not a neuroscientist, but <laughs> they, <laughs> they went into it to be like, how do we explain this phenomenon in the traditional terms that we all understand, as opposed to just being like, well, then I feel people's feelings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was, I, I was really excited to see that kind of research. Um, wow. my friend is also, he's a very kind person. He just is, uh, he was really funny. He's like, I don't, I don't feel these things that frequently. <laughs> like, he's like, can you explain them to me? And I was like, I'm going to do my best. <laughs> Why do you think, by the way, like we were talking about all these different things that you've done. And I'm curious, like at the beginning, when I said, what do you do? You're like, oh my gosh, I do so many things. And I'm curious why you think a lot of people default to the narrative of having like a one true passion kind of thing. Um, well, I mean, some people don't even know what their passion is. So I guess the ones who have the one true passion are are lucky, you know, to know even what one true passion is. Because I have a lot of clients who are like, I don't know what my purpose is on this world. And I feel like I'm asleep in life and I go to work and I go to home and I go to work and I go home, you know. So I guess even having one true passion is is a beautiful thing. And I feel super lucky that I have so many, you know. Um, I guess, you know, within my healing work, the, the passion is to bring people peace and everything that I've, that I've worked on in life, um, you know, the, all the different modalities I've done massage, I've done fire cupping, I do Reiki, I do hypnotherapy, I've been a doula, you know, there's been so many different things that I've, so many hats I've worn, but they all wore for that why that I have. My why of my business is to bring people peace from the first breath of life to the last, because I love working in the transitions as well. Like I said, as a doula, also I do, I'm a death doula as well. So birth and death. And 
I suppose it's because my upbringing, um, I shouldn't say my upbringing, just life, you know, live being born a very energetic being in, you know, the 70s and 80s before all of this stuff was so well known. I always felt like such a freak because I wasn't doing the things that the other kids were doing. And um, my life was not very peaceful because it was just pretty intense and hardcore. And I went, you know, my family got divorced when I was eight and I was suicidal and just all this stuff happened, you know, as a teenager. So I feel that because I have found that peace in life mm -hmm. um, through the fire, the fire was a big, a big beginning to that peace. <laughs> it wasn't a peaceful fire, but <laughs> it, you know, my life changing to become peaceful. And so I feel like I want to help people with that because I know what it feels like to be in that darkness. And I know what it feels like to not want to live. Um, and I know how to, how I clawed my way up to the light. So I want to help people with that. Um, so that's like the one passion, but then yes, I have a passion for writing. And so I wrote a book and then I have a passion for singing. I also have a passion for, you know, decorating my home. You know, I, I feel like I, I have such a passion, I guess, for life and creativity because life was taken away from me for a minute, you know? And I, and I actually, I, I literally, I think, don't think I said that in the beginning, but I literally lost my life in that hospital. My, my heart stopped and they had to resuscitate me. So it was almost like it was like a reset button that was pushed and, you know, I came back a different, a different person. I was going to say, it sounds like it reminded me of like a hard restart where it's like yeah. you had no other choice but to come back as like a different person. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, is it accurate that I guess like in your work, it sounds like you help people get to that other person without having to actually burn their house down? Yeah. And that's actually part of my, that's so funny you said that. Because if you look on my website, I do a thing called a bullshit bonfire. Mm -hmm. and it's like a two hour healing immersive thing where we go in and we actually burn like a list of stuff that's bothering the person and they get Reiki, they get hypnosis, they get all kinds of good stuff. And literally on the website, it says, let me help you, um, you know, become a Phoenix without actually having to burn your house down. <laughs> I wish I could say it's because I was a really great Googler and looked up your website, but it's not. <laughs> You just get me, that's all. <laughs> uh, like, I am going to link to your website at the end of the episode so other people can find you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> like, my goodness. Well, it sounds like I was going to ask you what, like, your favorite things that have come of this path are, but I'm like, oh, my gosh, everything you're describing sounds amazing. So I'm just like, how would you choose favorites? Well, I would say... <laughs> This is going to sound really weird, but um, a favorite thing, you know, I, I've had a lot of intense things happen to me in life. Um, it started very early in life and the fire was just one of them. Mm -hmm. um, but the most recent was a cancer diagnosis and that happened last year. And it was, I used hypnotherapy. I used Reiki. I used, you know, my, my, tribe of healers around me to help me through that and yeah. I'm 100% cancer free now and it took me 63 days to go from diagnosis to clear wow yeah and um so and you know it was scary and it was the jump off point for my newest transition 
And so, you know, I had to get through the surgery. I had to get through, you know, all the things physically, you know, but I was doing all sorts of work on myself mentally and spiritually and energetically to really transform myself physically. And um, this year, you know, through hypnosis and through Reiki and just through pure determination, I have lost 55 pounds since, um, since January. And my goal is to lose 100 pounds this year. And wow. so I'm, I'm totally on track to do that. And so that has been my favorite thing was, you know, taking a really intense diagnosis and mm-hmm. using the tools that I know work, you know, for me um, and for others and seeing this proof that you really can get through the deepest, darkest shit and come out of it, you know, this bright, shining um, phoenix, you know. Well, and you're, you're like, for lack of a better way of saying it, you're like walking the walk. You're like helping people do this, but then you're like, oh, I'm going to do this myself as well. (laughs) Well, I do it myself first. Like I never lose, I never learn anything unless it's like completely changed my life. Like, you know, there's some people that just want to go learn every single modality and that's cool, but that's just a lot of time for me. Like I I don't want to my time is super precious. I want to only learn the things that I know and I have a passion for because they've helped me. So Reiki and and hypnotherapy, those are the big two. Those are like the two pillars. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And that's amazing because I also know you had said that you were in school that whole time too. So I'm like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Last year was a very intense year. And, um, and I'm so much better for getting through it. And I never want to go through it again. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> like, congratulations. You never have to. <laughs> That's amazing. How, if like, if someone came to you and was like, I want to learn how to be a hypnotherapist or Reiki master, how would they do that? So, I would say, you know, definitely get in touch with me. I would love to um, empower people, you know, by learning Reiki. I am a Reiki master of the Yasui system of natural healing. It's the grandfather of all Reikis. Because I know if you go Google Reiki, you're going to get like 100 different types of Reiki. Mm-hmm. But this is like the, the, the first one, you know. Got it. Um, so, yeah, I would love. I'm taking on new clients and new students, definitely. To, I can't teach hypnosis, but what I would say is um, I went to, I did a lot of research on schools when I was interested in learning hypnosis, and there was a lot of easy ways out. Like, I could have definitely gone to, like, a weekend thing and, like, gotten, you know, a, a certification saying I was a hypnotherapist. I could have done, like, a month or two, you know. Mm. But I've always been the go deeper, go home girl. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's easy, it doesn't mean it's right, you know, and so I wanted to really immerse myself into a whole year of study, Um, and this, luckily, I had HMI, it's um, Hypnosis Motivation Institute, Mm -hmm. and it was within an hour drive of me, and so I I did that hour drive every day, gladly, because I was so excited to immerse myself in that energy but they also do have online so you don't actually have to go in if you know somebody's listening to this and they're uh, they're not in California but we had students from India we had students from the UK we had students all over the world because it really is 
you know, kind of the Harvard of, of hypnotherapy colleges. And um, I'm super excited that it was so close to me. Oh, and being able to connect with all those people too, who are passionate about the same thing you are. Yeah, for sure. For That's sure. cool. That's really cool. Oh, I'm like, ugh, I'm at the last question and I'm like, but I want to ask more questions. <laughs> I'm like, I'm glad I started a podcast because I just want to ask people questions about stuff. Um, nice. <laughs> literally, it's like, someone was like, why did you start this podcast? I'm like, well, I do a million things and I'm really curious about the million things that other people do. <laughs> but I was curious, like, you've had a really fascinating life and would you want to give any advice to your younger self or would it just be spoilers? Um, yeah, that I, people have asked me that before and it's, you know, I, I have zero regrets. You know, people are like, would you not light that candle, you know, mm -hmm. on your house? And actually, no, I would still light it because even though I went through all of that pain and, and almost dying and, you know, it was what was needed to bring me to where I am today. I wouldn't have even known what Reiki was or, you know, wouldn't have, who knows where I would have gone. I was really almost in a downward spiral there, you know? Mm. So I guess I would just say, love yourself sooner than you did. Mm -hmm. you know? That would be the only thing I would say. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't take away any of the experiences I've had because they are the strength that I rely on now. Um, but I really didn't learn how to love myself until I was in my 30s, you know, even after the fire. I didn't want to die, you know, so that was nice. But <laughs> I was but I, like, that's a good baseline. <laughs> but like, <laughs> in my, you know, early 20s, I, I really, in, in teens, I really, really wanted to die. I was just like super depressed. And then at 23 was when the fire happened. And after that, I didn't want to die. I was, I was glad I was alive. Yet I, I still didn't fall in love with myself until probably my 30s, you know. Um, so I would say, you know, try to, try to learn to love yourself earlier than, than I did would be a nice thing. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like self-compassion and love would be, yeah. would be the advice to give younger you and to anyone listening. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And don't be afraid to be weird. <laughs> Seriously, like, it's so funny. I, when I was in the corporate world and there was all these, like, vanilla, you know, people just like, oh, we're going to go to Ikea on the weekend. And, you know, and they would ask me, like, what did you do on the weekend? I'm like, oh, I played a show and went up to the artist colony and, and you know, <laughs> right. drums all night and had a giraffe. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> exactly they're like i ate meatballs <laughs> yeah it's like be weird because even though i was weird even though i had a nose ring even though i had tattoos and flaming red hair i still became a corporate manager for you know the vanilla tribe of, <laughs> of you know and, and it's just it's about you it's about you believing in yourself and it's because i believed in myself and i knew i was doing a good job and i was just being real you know a lot of the clients that we had were you know from TV stations all over the country. So they were tired of the same, like, you know, yes, yes, I'll do that for you. Yes, you know, right. sounds good. You know, like all the fucking like shit that people say in an office. And I was always like 100% myself. So just be yourself. You don't have to try to be anybody else and find out what your passion is and 
fucking chase it. <laughs> yeah, do it. Do the thing. Even if it's like seven things, do, yeah. do all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's been an absolute pleasure and I really appreciate your time and everyone can go to all of the links that I will provide on my website so that you can go find Kristen and get her book and listen to her music and learn more about her. And I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of ands. I'm just going to keep asking. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Why Not Both. If you would like to learn more about Kristen and find the links to her books and to her website, please visit my website, which is wnbpodcast.com, so you can check them all out. While you're at it, please like and subscribe to our podcast on your preferred podcast platform, so that way you can catch all of our interviews and hear all of the amazing stories that I get to hear, being the person interviewing people. It's pretty great. Thanks again, and I will see you all next week.